Welcome to the CRE Podcast, 100% Canadian, 100% commercial real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Aaron Cameron and Adam Pawatik. Welcome to the show. This is uh, the Commercial Real Estate Podcast, Episode 3. Uh, I'm Aaron Cameron, co-host with the uh, other co-host, Adam Pawatik. Uh, topic of the, of the show today is, is retail and, and the impacts that you know, the market forces are having uh, in the retail industry uh, we've got our guest today, Yash Kumar, is the Vice President of Retail and Investments at Leonard Commercial Realty. Uh, before we get to, before we get to our guest, though, Adam and I are going to just uh, catch you up on a couple of newsworthy uh, events that have occurred um, that are you know retaining to 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 retail. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, and um, Yash is here, so we do invite him to uh, jump in with any commentary he's got. So the article I've got is from the Real Estate News Exchange, and uh, they have writers there that will do articles on you know some of the big conferences and real capital just uh, just went by so there's an article there and I'm not I'm not including this one just because Aaron's and mine direct boss era Jeremy Wedgeberry has been quoted throughout it it's not this is not an, ep- uh, an episode uh, <laughs> yeah first national financial best first commercial real estate financing company <laughs> in the country by the way <laughs> yeah it's a, it's an article that um, covered you know the impressions of the real capital conference and Jeremy Wedgbury is saying there that you know the market fundamentals are not what they were six months ago. Not that we're about to retreat from the market, but just you know we're watching a little more closely, and so you might not see the money that was there beforehand. So what I've done actually, I'm not going to go through the article too much, uh, although it is it is quite good. But I've got a whole bunch of quotes from from the conference. Most of these are from Twitter. So people enjoy retweeting some of the things that are said on housing. Virtually every metric, Canada is a bad or worse as U.S. in 2007. Recourse is a relevant, super levered issue. That's Seth Daniels, JKD Capital. He was in a housing, po- a housing panel with uh, our boss's boss, Maury Taws. And uh, I guess he's got, <laughs> he, was, he would be a market bear. So any, any thoughts on, any thoughts on uh, are we in a pre-2000 situation right I now? I don't know. I think that's yeah. a bit fear-mongerish. Yeah. Well, it worked, though, because yeah, he got him quoted on, quoted on Twitter extensively. And so. now, now quoted on commercial real estate yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, there's a great, great quote from Cynthia Devine, CFO of RealCan. It's on debt. Well, not great. It's actually a horrible quote if you're a lender like <laughs> we are. But uh, debt is like heroin. Once it gets in your system, it is very hard and dilutive to get rid of. So don't be tempted. <laughs> That's actually my pitch to most of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> if you like heroin, you'll love <laughs> our mortgages. Yes, that's their message. Uh, Maury Taz was quoted as well. Canadian underwriting on mortgage lending is best he's seen in 25 plus years in the business. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, uh, I think that the, the fundamentals we put in, at least for at least for what we do here at our shop. Um, they're sound. They're sound. I would invest my well, money. Well, and that—I mean, I, really, that was one of the main reasons that Canada didn't have the same kind of cl- you know collapse that the U.S. did because we weren't doing eighty-five, ninety percent financing on you know repositioned assets in a popula- in a city with a population of a thousand people. Like it's just that kind of stuff just didn't exist here versus mm-hmm. down in the U.S. because it's so competitive with all the banks that you know they were they were they were just ready to ready to tumble. Yeah, and when you hear the stories, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So this is from. Uh, Ben Rabideau, North Co-Advisors. I know um, him. He's another another housing bear. Default rates are lagging indicator. Private rescue firms are on the rise. I would actually, I would I'd definitely agree with that. I, mean, not so, I don't know about single family homes, but I would say that I've had more conversations about people doing emergency private loans in the last uh, three months than in the previous you know nine months combined. So it is a sign that people maybe aren't getting the capital they need for their borderline projects and they're forced to jump on 11% yeah. loans with a three or four or even I heard five recently percent fee 
It's uh, it's not Jeez. a good sign. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. At that point, you're, if those kinds of loans, you're just in salvation mode. You're not just trying to keep your head above but water. Loan, that's loan to own territory, though, right? The guys yeah. that are doing those that lending, they don't they don't care whether you're able to make your payments or not. They just want you to default so they can step in and take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to Alberta, there's a couple of good quotes here. It'll take time for the trickle-down effect of oil to hit the market. Tenants will leave Class B and C assets to sublease Class A. Uh, We kind of talked about this last episode as well with the unbelievably low lease rates being done in Calgary right now. Why wouldn't you take this opportunity to jump to a Class A building that otherwise you cannot afford? I mean, same thing in any market where they're building out a lot of office. The pressure is is, uh, felt by the Class B and C because they, they get the highest vacancy rates. And then uh, Jonathan Gitlin from RioCan, necessity-based retail, much more secure than office in Alberta. And uh, Yash, of course, is our retail expert, so I'm sure he would agree that anybody doing necessity-based retail is in a good position. Uh, A couple of condo quotes that I was surprised to read about. Uh, Lenders seem to all plan to increase exposure to Toronto condo market. I'm... In a vacuum, if I had to guess, I'm surprised to hear that. (laughs) Not based on that a lot, but... uh, Not not us, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. not (laughs) us. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wissam Francis of Tricon said condo development returns are thin. Condo development in Toronto averages around ten to twelve, ten to twelve percent margin on cost. Yeah, that's actually somewhat news to me. Um, I know I'd always gotten by the rule of thumb that condo people are operating around twenty percent. So if that isn't reality, if they're doing for half the profit they used to, that is thin. And then uh, one more from uh, Ben Rabideau, North Cove Advisors: We're overbuilding relative to demographic growth. Uh, his Twitter account actually, he recently posted a graph because everybody's under the assumption that you always hear there's 100,000 people a year moving to Toronto. And he put up a graph that shows the last five years and the 100,000 um, line clearly marked. And there's only a couple of years where we actually hit that. The average hmm. looks like it's closer to 80. It's not that that's a major market mover, but it means that there's still a 20% uh, deficit in what people are assuming is happening in Toronto hmm. or, or, that just, or that a rumor can circulate the way it would in high school. It's just it's so much true. easier to say 100,000 than 80,000. Yeah. So people just pick that number. Yeah. But anyways, those are, that's the, that is the Real Capital Conference in Twitter quotes. My, um, you know, the, the, the news item that I wanted to talk about, and maybe, Yash, you can butt in, because this is kind of open-ended as to why it's occurring, but it was kind of in the news the last couple of weeks that Sears is slowly exiting from, from some of its uh, locations. And the one thing that caught my eye, that they had eight locations that they had decided to to effectively sell, and I'm not sure whether they're owners or they're, set, they're, they're, just, they're handing over the leases to Leon's. That's right. And so you've got Leon's who effectively have the exact same same business model, from, at least from the outskirts from where I sit, where you know they, they both just sell furniture and they're selling it in the same locations to the same people. So how do you have one company that's got basically doing and selling the exact same thing, you know, struggling and effectively exiting the market slowly, and another company selling the exact same thing and doing the exact same thing, growing and, and excelling? And, and maybe it is just an operational thing, maybe it's just a business thing, but you know, is there anything sort of in, deeper than that? Or is it just simply that Sears has got a whole bunch of you know, old fogies running the shop that don't really know what, you know, that they've lost touch with the times or their expenses were out, getting out of hand? Like, any sense of what's going on? I think, I think that's what it is. You know, Sears um, focuses on, on a lot more than just furniture. It's, it's your you know, type of winners, type of store in, in a big box environment, uh, whereas Leon's is, is catering towards a certain type of customer. But I think more than anything, it's, it's the change in, in the retail landscape. Um, it's, it's the big box um, stores that are you know, falling out of favor. And when you think about that, Target comes to mind, first of all. And um, you know, 2015 was, was a rough year for, for Canadian retailers. I'd, I'd say it, it was the worst year for Canadian retailers. 
and uh, Target led, led that category. They, they announced uh, abrupt departure from, from Canada entirely. And, and like when I look at it, and, and you know, where Adam and I sit on the financing world, and we kind of see everything—the office, the retail, you know, multi-res, industrial. So I'm not focused necessarily on on the nitty gritty of one or the other. But when I look at what happened to Target, I mean, it seemed pretty obvious to me that it was just where they just, you know, their 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 eyes were bigger than their stomach. Ultimately, and you come and you're going to open up what was 160 stores all at the same time, and we're just going to just bomb this market, and everyone's just going to jump ship and leave Walmart and. I think the main reason was um, if you've shopped at a Target store in the States, you understand the difference between um, the, the, the type of quality that they're going after. It's, it's a higher price product because it's higher quality. And I think what they forgot to um, educate the Canadian customers here is that it's, it's not a Walmart. It's, it's, it's a higher quality product. The prices are higher. And uh, you know what? A lot of people did not even go into the Target because it simply looked like a Zeller's. I think I went twice. I think I've been there once. Uh, yeah. Do you, do, yeah. You, do you ever go? You're my, nodding uh, your head like I'm I, I, I didn't, but my, my uh, wife and I used to drive down to the States and she always wanted to go there. She could not have been more pumped up for Target arriving here. She went once and just said, no, that's <laughs> never again. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anything, we'll go to Buffalo to go to the store that's available down the street. And prices are up. Like I remember hearing that prices are up twenty percent, and this is back when the dollar was effectively par. So That's right. you can imagine now how much people would uh, dislike it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, prices are up twenty percent, but they're, they're. I mean, they're not paying that much on tariffs to get the merchandise across the border, right? So maybe Target just just thought that they could get away with with charging higher prices, or that maybe Canadians at large weren't going to be educated enough to know that the prices were inflated. Like any sense of what happened there? Well, that, that clearly didn't happen. You know, again, it was, it was the ed- education portion that I believe um, well, was, not, was not emphasized uh, well enough. And, but, you know, even, even with that being said, it, it's, yes, it's, it's left a pretty big hole uh, in, the, in the Canadian uh, retail industry here. But with that being said, there, there, are, also, there are several saviors as well, you know, uh, tenants such as Lowe's and, and Walmart. I was just going to say that. I mean, Lowe's is a big American company. That's right. And I, I just, I, you know, you put them side by side, Target and Lowe's. And, you know, of course, they're different different products, really. But, but Lowe's has come and they opened up like three stores. Then they opened up like four and five stores. That's right. They, Lowe's, they've done really yeah. slow sort of creep into the market rather than this one big, you know, dump of 150 shops. And they and, also just purchased Rona now. So I heard that, yeah. So and if you talk about, you know, successes and failures, if you're, if you're an American retailer coming to Canada, follow Lowe's footprint. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, do a, don't do a Target did, yeah. That's right. So, you know, Lowe's has taken some of the stores. Walmart's taking some of the stores, and and what what this really means is for some of the retail landlords, uh, yes, there's a hole, but it's also creating opportunities. Um, you know, the shift from big box stores to more service oriented retailers, uh, carving up that space uh, into three, four, five units, and instead of a eight nine dollar net rent, you're looking at a twenty dollar rent. You know, you have a shoppers drug mart paying twenty seven, twenty eight dollars per square foot. So now you're starting to see some of these LA fitnesses that are they're moving in mm-hmm. into Canada. They're they're rapidly expanding, and uh, what, what this really means is higher rents and, and higher yields at the at the end of the day for the for the retail landlords that can that can absorb this space. But the retail mall without having that anchor, does it does offer the same attraction? Well, it's it's a real struggle because um, if you look at some of the leases that some of these smaller retailers have, they 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 have an out if you're, you're if you're large. Um, you know, Zellers or, or Target anchored center is now vacant. Um, now that traffic's not coming into the center, 
and some of these smaller retailers are struggling because of that. And and they have an out within their leases. If if your uh, anchor is out, yeah. you you can you can opt out of your lease. Yeah, and, and location obviously. I mean, some of the locations in, in you know Mississauga and the GTA and, and some of the major major centers. You leave Target. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a bummer, but you still got the population, and often they were on high traffic areas right. anyway. Mm-hmm. So you expect that they would be able to find whether you demise the space or you find a you know a replacement tenant. There's there's a way to there's a way to, to backfill. But if you're in Lindsay, Ontario, or I don't know, pick another small you know less than fifty thousand people you know population. That's um, I think those are where they're really feeling it, right? They're devastating for the owner. Yeah, and, and and in some of these markets, what what you're seeing is uh, landlords such as Rio Can are exploring other opportunities other than just retail. Now you've got a two hundred thousand square foot big box store, you might be able to do some residential, mm-hmm. do you know, build some condos. I saw I saw one where it was a tar- old Target space and it was leased out by uh, basically a, like a, a hydro provider and they were using they was using it as a data center so they basically they built you know their millions and millions of dollars worth of um, you know technology those are right. all the servers and they needed it cooled and they you know they, they they effectively went and spent a ton of money to reposition this space you wall it off to the mall so the mall continues to operate but now you're you don't have a hundred thousand square foot gap or hole in the in the property that's right. I mean, part of the negative effect, of course, of you know, Target's disaster is just the impression that it left, the headlines it made. If you're a medium-sized retailer in the U.S. and you're sitting around your boardroom and say, hey, I got an idea, let's go to Canada, you're going to get booed out of the room after watching uh, you know, Target crash it, and is, burn. Is Nordstrom, is that an American company? Yes, that's right. And, and, and so obviously SAS, I mean, SAS, SAS was, was were, but SAS was bought by the Bay, was, is, that, yes. is that right? So I guess that's a quasi-Canadian company now, but you'd think Nordstrom's looking at that going, you know, are we making the right decision? And I, I can't, I don't know the timelines, maybe you know, were they already kind of coming to Canada before the Target exit? Yes, I, I think these plans were put into place quite some time ago, and again, they're, they're focusing on a different type of customer. You know, it's, it's higher-end retail, uh, they're competing against the, the Bay and, and things of that nature, and, and, and they're taking high-quality uh, retail space taking. I know, only know of two, right? There's Eden, one in Eden, Eden Center, Center and then the right. Sherway. There's, right. there's, there's Nordstrom yeah, going into Sherway. Well, uh, uh, Holtz just left that. Uh, right. And is there, are there other locations in Canada? Or are those the only two? So, are those, but just for those listening, maybe outside of Toronto, the, the Eaton Center, obviously in downtown Toronto, and then the Sherway Mall is sort of Etobicoke and Mississauga, a really popular high end mall, uh, you know, the strong sort of affluent node in the, in the, in the GTA. Th- those are the only two that have opened up, but, but I'm sure the expansion plan. Uh, includes several other high high end. Uh, I think there's malls. one in Vancouver. I I, 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 I believe there's a Norseman in Vancouver, but but I, and and I, I actually one of our colleagues was there, and she was really disappointed. Right, she loves Norseman in the U.S., but was in the same store, supposedly quote unquote the same store in Canada, and it was she had the same sort of target impression. You walk in there, and it's not even kind of the Nordstrom that she's used to. So hopefully they don't suffer the same. Uh, uh, the same impact. Fingers crossed, Aaron. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, we need it, right? <laughs> Those in the retail, you guys need it. Yeah, success story. Yeah. yeah. And how how big of a space would something like Nordstrom's take? What? Uh, you're you're looking big box. You're you're looking 150 to 200 thousand square feet. Like okay. Eaton, Eaton Center has to be uh, in, in in that range. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to transition? I mean, I'm I want to I want to talk about at least touch on the impact of online shopping. And, and, and the effects that that's having on the retail market and, and just how, how you see that kind of playing itself out and, and if you have any sense of how some of the retailers are, are combating. Absolutely. The, the need for stores to integrate online shopping capabilities has become more important than ever. 
you know, it's uh, if you're like me, I'm 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 a culprit. I've walked into a fifty thousand square foot uh, Best Buy. I I like to feel the gadgets, see them, play with them. Then you go home and buy them. And then a lot of times you, you go home and find a better deal on Amazon. Right? I, hope, I hope your clients aren't listening right now. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm well, adding that out afterwards. I'm going to actually help them refill that space, so it's okay. <laughs> Shop online, everyone. That's what Yash is saying. I need turnover. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you know, this, this has resulted in, in several casualties in, in this um, spectrum as well. You know, first uh, feature drop coming to, nine, coming to mind uh, first. And, uh, you know, the, the need to shift to smaller footprints and, and cater to online shopping has become more, uh, more important uh, than ever. It, you know, e-commerce will continue to flourish, in, in my opinion, and it's becoming more important. And the retailers that can't keep up with the changing uh, environment will, will be the first ones to, to fail. In, in today's market, I read uh, I read an article the other day about um, this is not the terminology now, but it, it's as fa- effectively as flexible pricing, and how a lot of retailers are slowly but surely transitioning their their pricing uh, to be to be minute by minute or hour by hour. So you know if you've got uh, you know it's, it's equivalent to you know bars selling happy hour right after work to get you know patrons in early or gas um, stations do that before long yeah weekends. right so like it, it, but it, but this is more more way more dynamic and it, it's no longer to those traditional uh, those traditional retailers that that have historically done this it, it's clothing stores that Rather than having prices on the clothes, they've got digital uh, digital displays that will change hour by hour or, or day by day, depending on if it's weekends, it's a little bit more. And, and you know, the, the article kind of speculates that you know going forwards, because of all the information that's contained on my 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 my, my phone, I walk in. It pings these guys and it says, "Oh, you've got a rich guy that just walked in, or you got a poor person, whatever it is." Heighten the prices, lower the prices, or you know, all the ten shoppers that are currently in our store—they all can afford a little bit more. So everything bumps by five bucks, like it, it, mm-hmm. just to just to capture. Because you know, you do on low times, you're paying for the same amount of staff to stand there. So in low times, you want to get yeah, people true. in there, so you lower the prices. And in high times, you want to take advantage of it being you know high demand. That's right. Not dissimilar to Uber. I mean, that's the best example, right? You got this sort of flex pricing that changes minute by minute depending on the demand and supply, right? A lot of people suffered a lot of uh, heavy, heavy bills during uh, New Year's. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, for Uber, that is. I can't say I felt sympathy though. <laughs> no. no. Well, you know, you know what? To your point, fashion retailers—it's um, very important for them because it's it's a very, very competitive market, highly competitive. Um, you know, you're, you, we, we've noticed Max going out of business, and Danier just announced their their departure, and. Um, for them to keep up with the demand or, or, or keep up uh, their sales, they they have to offer these 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 type of deals. Yeah, I, and, that, and to the point, and the article that I was reading, and, and I'm sorry, I can't remember what, where I was reading it, but talking about how the only way to combat online pricing, and you know, they made the comparison to, to air, airline shopping. Depending on where Certain you days. log in, like no, and apparently, if you own an Apple and you log into to to a, to, a, to a, like a price shop on Apple. The, the prices are a little bit higher because they assume the fact that you own an Apple, you can afford slightly higher prices. And that if you're smart, consumers are now going on to, you know, going on to, uh, you know, you go into public library. public library, log on there and buy your airplane ticket through the public library because you'll get a little bit of a discount. This technology is getting scary. Yeah, isn't it? no, you, this, it's you almost, they're, they're tracking every, every you single You almost move. don't want to know as well. And I, I, read it, I read something else in a similar context where uh, on highway, highway advertisements, now we're getting way off here, but just follow me. On highway advertisements, 
it's pinging. The, the advertisements are looking for <laughs> who's on the road at any given time, and it'll switch dependent on if there's a higher proportion of people that they think are going to be traveling soon. It'll flip to a you know travel to Mexico, or if they think of people that are you know looking for clothing, it'll switch to a clothing advertisement. That's right. Like it's, it's, it's it's like when you Google something, and the next next time you're on Google, all these ads are popping yeah, up. Yeah. You know, flights to Cuba or or, or, or what, whatever. What yeah, have you, you. Can't, you can't. You when, they, go when they clear. first started doing that, I thought that Google is psychic. <laughs> how, how do they know? How do they know? <laughs> no wonder they're worth so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Anything else you want to touch on on the retail side? I mean, you know. yeah, you know, you know, you know what? Even even though we've we've had a rough year last year, um, I think at the end of the day, uh, it, it will improve, and uh, you know, there there are better days ahead. Uh, some some of the retailers that have um, failed in this in this market, there there are retailers that are backfilling that space. It'll, it'll take a little while. Uh, I don't think this target uh, vacancy is is indicative of what the market really is. Take away that. Big hole, and other other than that, you're, you're you're doing okay. You know these 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 uh, some of these retail assets, what they're trading at on the investment side, it's it will blow your mind. These you know the 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 investors are are still very very strong. Uh, Any sense what kind of cap rates we're seeing right now? I mean, maybe you had to do a bit of a scale major markets versus secondary markets. Yes, I mean it, it it really depends. You know, if you're if you're selling big box again, you know people are a little bit more uh, conscious about that. So. We did a pretty large sale in Collingwood uh, about this time last year, and it was a you know big box store, Cineplex anchored, uh, long long term leases. But you know, had had that been smaller footprint, you'd be in the high fives. Yeah. But that was probably in the mid sixes. But when you come to the GTA, you have a strip center, maybe twenty thousand, forty thousand square feet, five and a half cap all day long. Any, any sense? Is that institutional money? Is that private money? What, who's, Some who, of who everything. The, um, the the trophy assets, which are very rare. Uh, you know now now you have Promenade Mall um, on the block. That will definitely be uh, you know pension fund. Uh, they'll be going after that. But you guys are in the business. Money's cheap and opportunities are are scarce. So there there's a lot of private capital that's buying up real estate. Uh, but then you also have uh, these these pension funds and and the REITs that are that are waiting for the next deal. So I don't I don't see that slowing down at least at least for the next year or two. And one other cap rate actually. Um uh, Yash and I have talked about you know, previous to this recording is in some of the smaller markets or things like Tim Hortons and some of the fast food places on long-term leases. Cap rates absolutely, there. it's it's crazy. We we just worked on a deal, um, single tenant Tim Hortons. It's it's uh, hopefully going under contract. It's in a small market, you know, two to three hour drive, twenty year lease. It's, it's a five percent cap rate. You know, it's it's these passive it, investors. Tim Hortons. I mean, you ever been to a Tim Hortons in a tiny little town? It's, That's the thing, it's right? Packed. You need coffee, whether it's in Chatham or if it's in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's it's these passive investors. That that's the point here. You know, you've, you've got a dentist that's sitting on some money, and and uh, he'd he'd rather get a five percent return rather than than one percent in the bank and zero stress because those kinds of exactly. leases they don't you can you can go to bed at night. Yeah, yeah, I don't think very many people are worried about Tim Hortons. You know. Going bankrupt or you know defaulting on their what, lease payments. Exactly. Soon. What what I'm seeing a shift on is you know some of these shoppers drug marts. Um, since since the Lobla acquisition, uh, there there's a bit of a confusion there as to what what the future holds. And you know about a year year and a half ago, you'd see five and a half percent cap rate deals on on a single tenant shoppers drug mart. But now you have to remember they're higher per square foot rents. It's it's a much more expensive building than than a single tenant Tim Hortons. You're looking at seven to eight million dollars. Um, but now 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 you're seeing that closer to six percent cap rate. 
Hmm. And you think part of that is, you know, how do you how do you replace shoppers? I mean, it's it's not it's not usual footprints, exactly, right? right? They're, twenty thousand square feet. Is that it's right? uh, yeah, you're you're nineteen to twenty one thousand square feet. Anyone in you know anywhere in that range. Uh, but exactly to to Aaron's point, if you if you were to lose them, it's it's a pretty unique building. Um, often they're two floors. I mean, especially the ones sort of in any city center across the country, they often will do, you know, main floor, you know, cosmetics and, and food. And then upstairs is where you buy sort of your pharmaceutical. Or, or doctors and, and uh, you know, like a medical clinic, something mm-hmm. of that nature. But, you know, a lot of times people say this is a great investment. It's, it's a shopper's drug mart. Um, what, what you have to keep in mind is some of these shopper's drug marts are, are paying uh, the rents for, for the medical doctors as well. Mm. And come, come 15-year renewal... At that point, you know, shoppers has has already put them in. Now it's the doctors that that have to pony up and start paying that rent. Interesting. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to be holding that asset when all of a sudden you're relying on uh, relying on that transition of revenue stream. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I, so so to, typically, Ash, I don't know if we I don't think we we warned you about this, but no, the, I did. Oh, I did, did you? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, we want to get, hear your uh, your best and worst day in real estate, just to give a sense of the listeners what. Uh, what goes on in your life? Okay, well, the worst day. Um, I've I've been in the business for seven plus years now, and uh, it, it, it's it's been a great ride. But I'd, I'd have to say, you know, I, I still remember this day very 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 clearly. It's uh, it probably has to be, you know, on on the day of closing. We 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 probably spent six months doing this deal, and on the day of closing, four hours before closing, we get a call. Hey, Yash, we we can't close on the deal. It's it now. Remember, it's a firm deal. First deposit, second deposit, and uh, we're we're getting ready to go to a bar and uh, celebrate. celebrate. Well, I can I can tell you, we still went to a bar, but we did not celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was it was uh, you know one year in the business uh, as as a young broker. Uh, that's I think the possibly worst thing that can happen to you. And can um, you share the reason? I'm always curious why guys yeah, back four hours beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that's like, well, what it, happened. It, it was that's probably a, late to get a, cold feet. A lot of stuff behind the scenes, and uh, you know they they found a loophole uh, to to get out. I guess I guess it was just cold feet. It was a small market. Uh, you know, it, it was not a, it was wasn't a big deal. It was about a three million dollar deal, but the the redevelopment was more like ten to fifteen million dollars. So in a, in a small market, you know that the the investor or developer that we had had at the table. Um, I guess it didn't work out for them, but eventually we got the thing resold, and and now it's a it's a beautiful um, grocery anchored uh, shopping center. So Neat. I think I think it worked out very very well for for the. Is that your best day also? No, no. The the <laughs> the, the, best the, the best day probably I, I think a lot of brokers can um, can can agree to this is when you when you get a deal closed. It's uh, you know it's it's long hard work. It's not like residential deals or your five day conditions. It's more like thirty to sixty days of. Um, you know, hold, holding out to your hearts and <laughs> and making sure the deal goes through and and that the buyer is happy because at the end of the day, uh, you got to keep the buyers and, and and vendor happy as well. A lot so of personality management. I'd that's imagine. right. So, yeah. best days probably when I got my first deal done. It was a little one point two million dollar deal again. You know, within my first six months of the business, and uh, it happened to be a Tim Hortons. So. It was, uh, and you thought this is easy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I was thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> that was a lot of work. That was, that was a lot of work, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for a year one broker, you know, even though this, you're calling it a small deal now, for a year one broker, you're you know static at the time. Yeah, you know what? It, it's it's that's a that's a funny story. You know, we we're we're walking around. The managing director's like, it's one point two million dollar deal. That's that's a that's a lot of money. But you know, to in this business, that's. Uh, you learn very, very quickly. You get it's, very it's, desensitized it's, to exactly, zeros, right? Exactly. You, just, you see 12. You don't see 1.2 million or 12 million or exactly. occasionally 120 million. You just see 
one two zero or one two, right? Well, if I'm, I know I'll be on the phone and I'll casually say to somebody, you know, we're looking at structuring a deal. I'll say, oh hey, just you know, kick in uh, another million and a half, and we're there. <laughs> like, like I'm capable of writing a check for a million exactly, and a half. Exactly, that's some guy on the phone told me to. It's, that's exactly uh, what I what I think about. I say, like, come on, guys, it's like five hundred yeah, yeah. grand more. It's 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 not a lot. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pompous assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, I think that's it. Um, yeah, thanks for the best yeah, of words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was no that worries. Was it was good. a, thanks it was a pl- pleasure, pleasure being here. Appreciated. Pleasure, pleasure being here. Yeah, and if anybody wants to talk to Yash, I'm sure he's out there looking to talk to. Yeah. Anybody in the retail world? It's connecting the dots. We'll have uh, we'll have Yash's contact info uh, at crepodcast.ca. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes. Uh, or follow us on Twitter at crepodcast. Anything else? Am I missing anything? Oh, tell a friend if you enjoy it. Uh, you know, That's tell good. somebody. Good might, idea. Tell somebody yeah. might enjoy it. Somebody who's into retail, then uh, they, they can hear Yash talk about it. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the CRE podcast. The information from this broadcast is not to be relied upon as financial investing, professional accounting, or legal advice. First National Financial LP holds Financial Services Commission of Ontario License Number 10514 and 11252.